Good morning, everyone. Uh, we're going to be looking at the Bible together. Uh, it was great last week to be hearing from Dan as we rounded off uh, our series in James. Uh, what wonderful encouragement and challenge uh, it's been to go through that letter together. And uh, we're going to be moving on into a new series uh, soon, but we're going to do a little mini series over February. Just a few short messages uh, with this phrase in mind that's been stuck in my mind, let's take stock and look up. Let's reflect uh, on where we're at as individuals, as a people in the world with all that's going on. But let's not get stuck looking at those circumstances, particularly very challenging circumstances, but let's lift our eyes. Let's look up, take stock, reflect, but look up and see God who is in control, God who is sovereign, God who is on the move. So over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at things like biblical lament. What is it to, how do we, how do we deal with challenging circumstances? How do we cry out to God? Well, we're going to look at God's heart for the lost. We're going to be looking at the subject of revival. God's waking up his church. God is on the move. Let's look at that together. And to be honest, that'll probably mean actually we'll be looking back again, as we did from James 5 a couple of weeks ago, at the subject of prayer, about praying for the nation, about praying for us, praying and crying out to God that he would move amongst us uh, and make us more like him. But today we're going to be looking at this, take stock and look up. Uh, and we're going to do that. We're going to look at Romans chapter 4 uh, and verses 18 to 25. We're going to look at the example of Abraham. Uh, and as Paul records that in Romans chapter 4. So let's look at that together. Romans 4, 18 to 25. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. He did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. And the words it was credited to him were not written for him alone, but also for us to whom God will credit righteousness, for us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Wonderful verses there looking at Abraham. And we see this wonderful truth. Abraham faced the facts and yet he believed. Abraham faced the facts of his circumstances, of his time of life, of, of the fact that he was childless and yet God has promised many offspring that he was him and Sarah, they were both very old, their bodies as good as dead, facing the facts, and yet believing God and believing that God could do what he had promised. You see, Abraham faced the facts. You see, faith doesn't mean that we pretend that everything's okay. Having faith doesn't mean that we're called to pretend everything is great all the time, to pretend that everything is just 
perfect, that we're fine. To pretend that everything makes sense, that nothing is confusing at all. We're not called to put on a brave face, as it were. But like Abraham, we're called to face the facts. Now, I don't pretend to know what life is like for anyone. And yet I can see the current circumstances for many, if not all of us, involving the COVID pandemic. Now, there might be all sorts of things for all sorts of people. It might be actually that lockdowns and different things have actually just given you lots of time to reflect, given you more time. Maybe, maybe in some ways that's been a good thing for you. For others, it might be really, really hard. It might have meant you'd had less time, you'd been really busy. Perhaps on the front line, working incredibly hard. Perhaps for others, it's meant furlough from a job or even redundancy. Different challenges, different things, perhaps homeschooling. Perhaps you're at school, but now you're working at home, working out how to do video lessons or things like that. Perhaps you're in school, but there's not so many kids around. Not all of your friends are there, they're, they're at home. All sorts of different things. Perhaps you've suffered illness yourself. Perhaps you're still suffering. Or maybe you've lost loved ones. Maybe other issues have been bubbling to the surface or brought, been brought into the light, such as the issues of racism that were so, so very much brought into focus last year with the death of George Floyd. Maybe many other things perhaps can leave us feeling disappointed, perhaps a bit frustrated, perhaps just thinking, when's this gonna end? Perhaps more so very fearful or anxious, isolated. Just like Abraham, we're called to face the facts. Challenging circumstances, enable us to see all the more clearly our limitations, to see our need of God as we see the challenges around us. For us as a church, where are we at? We're at the start of something new. We've talked about moving into a new wineskin, a completely new way of doing things as we've started hubs together, no longer two or maybe three congregations or looking to be different sites around the city, but actually now six different hubs in different parts of the city, gathering uh, gathering virtually at the moment, uh, looking after one another, seeking God together, seeking to reach our communities together in a very different way. Still one church together, joining together on a Sunday, uh, but six different hubs around the city. We've seen different things coming to an end. Food bank, Jubilee money, things that we've done for a long time. Great ways that we've served the poor and the needy in communities. Perhaps it can feel, oh, it doesn't quite make sense. If I'm honest, I've had moments of that, even though I feel like God spoke to us quite clearly, this is time for this to come to an end. But you can look around and think, oh, surely the need for food bank and things like that is all the more at the moment. It can feel quite unsettling, quite kind of, oh, what are we doing? And yet God has spoken. We might just be feeling the disappointment together of what we can't do, 
It's been a long time since we've been able to meet physically together on a Sunday or at any other time. I feel a bit isolating. We're scattered around the city. A couple of Wednesdays ago at family night, we gathered members together on Zoom, just hearing a tongue and an interpretation. Wow. We've been so blessed by all the contributions on a Sunday, different people recording things and sending them in. But you realise oh, it's so much harder to bring something like that, a tongue and an interpretation when it's pre-recorded. Just we take it for granted on a Sunday or when we meet together. Oh, we want to see God do these different things amongst us. But we've had so much less opportunity, it seems, for different gifts to be shared or for us to fellowship with one another. Maybe lots of other things at the moment for you, for all of us, maybe positive things, maybe negative things. But we're not called in the face of the circumstances of life and particularly in the face of challenging circumstances, we're not called to just pretend things are okay. Abraham faced the facts. He recognised his limitations. He recognised the challenge that was there. As I said, next week, Dan will be leading us in looking more maybe about this, the biblical sense of lament. Knowing what it is to wrestle with and to, to bring our desperate cries to God, to, to bring our confusion and our, and our disappointment to God. We can see David in the Psalms. I'll just turn to Psalm 62 as an example. We see David here. Just see that kind of wrestling that's going on. He begins with this wonderful uh, exclamation, truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Truly he's my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I shall never be shaken. And look at what's going on. How long will you assault me? Would all of you throw me down this leaning wall, this tottering fence? Surely they intend to topple me from my lofty place. They take delight in lies. With their mouths they bless, but in their hearts they curse. David's facing real challenge and he's crying out to God. And he speaks to himself. Yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I shall not be shaken. Learning all the more to cry out to God. So important. Honestly coming before him. Not pretending. Not pretending everything's okay. But recognising, taking stock of where we're at. But in the midst of that, as David so wonderfully demonstrates, he knows this is where his soul finds rest. In the midst of taking stock, in the midst of seeing, this is where we're at, this is our circumstance, this is where we're at as a, as a church. It feels like we're on the brink of something, but it feels a bit unsettling. We're not quite there yet. In the midst of all of that, look up. My soul find rest in God, as David says. Let us look up. In the midst of every circumstances, we are called to trust him. You see, Abraham, having faced the facts, what does Paul go on to say? He faced the facts. Verse 20, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised.
See, Abraham, he faced the facts. He recognised, in my strength, this can't happen. What on earth can I do? But he continued to believe God, recognising my body is as good as dead. It's past the point. I can't do this. What are we going to do? He believed God, fully persuaded that God would and could do what he had promised. You see, in the midst of challenging circumstances, confusing circumstances, in the midst of the everyday mundane things of life even, we're called to look up, to lift our eyes and trust him. Trust that God will do what he has promised. He hasn't gone anywhere. He is here. He is on the move. See, Abraham trusted what God had promised. And the reality is God has spoken to us. We'll get to see God, ultimately, he's spoken to us through his word. But God's been speaking even prophetically to us over, even over these last months. It's wonderful to have heard so many different things. Remember words uh, from Ginny about, uh, about investing in the promises God has given us about Jeremiah buying a field, even though they were about to be kicked out of the land. No, invest in what God has promised. About a wake-up call, even a cry coming from the world for the church to wake up, about God restoring proclamation of the gospel in his church and restoring the godly authority to his people. About the place that we've uh, been in being too limiting, to look beyond the limitations, to see a spacious place that God is bringing us into, to see that trees are going to be cleared to make way for what God is going to bring, the new life that God is going to bring. And of course, that word about acorns, hundreds of little acorns falling like rain to the ground, seeing from little acorns great mighty oaks grow, and don't dismiss the small things that God drops into our heads, the small ideas, the, the, the impulse to go and speak to a friend or to take a, a gift or to do whatever it might be. Don't despise small beginnings. Wonderfully, Al bringing that uh, very similar word about trees being cleared and, and the sense actually it feels painful. It looks, looks, seeing the trees cut down as he went out through Encliffe Park and beyond, it looks painful it looks wrong why why is this happening and yet then looking again and seeing new life things being repurposed new seating new light coming in new uh, creativity springing up all sorts that God wants to do God has spoken God has been speaking to us even in this time even last week Sam bringing that encouragement again God is doing a new thing we can look back and see what God has done in the past, but God is at work now. And God is about a work at the moment, waking up his church. Do we believe it? As we see the circumstances around us, let's look up and see God is going to do what he has said. God is doing what he has said. Stan so wonderfully reminded us last week of that, that wake up call. It's even what led us through the letter of James. We could look even further back to God saying he was going to turn us inside out. I think he's doing that. About finding hidden rooms, this spacious place, finding space that was always there and yet we didn't know it was there. 
God is at work. You see, in the midst of challenging times and, and, and trials, the enemy looks to get in and say, well, you must have heard wrong. You must have got it wrong. The enemy is 1 Peter 5. Uh, as Peter tells us in 1 Peter 5, what does the enemy do? Well, Peter encourages us, encourages the people, be alert uh, and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, this is 1 Peter 5 verse 8, the enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. The enemy looks to get in, just kind of saying, no, you don't, you can't trust that. You can't trust that God's doing what he said he would. God will do what he has promised. So we see our circumstances, let's look up. Remember that God is in control. Fix our eyes on him. You see, God ultimately speaks through his word. He has spoken. Look what he has promised. Look what he has said he will do. In Matthew 16 and verse 18, I was drawn to this verse. Uh, in Matthew 16 and verse 18, we see this wonderful truth. Uh, that Jesus talking to Peter, he says this. I tell you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will get, build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. And Jesus's encouragement back in Matthew chapter six as well. In talking about not worrying about anything. Don't worry about what you will eat or what you will wear. God loves you, he cares for you. And what's his encouragement in Matthew six and verse 33? His encouragement is this, but seek first his kingdom and all his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. God has made great promises in his words. Do we believe him? Do we believe he is at work? In the midst of confusing and challenging times, let's look up. Let's see what God has said prophetically through different ones and particularly through his word. He said, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. He said uh, in those words in 1 Peter, we were just reading. What does he say here? Respond like this. Humble yourselves. Uh, 1 Peter 5 verse 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety onto him because he cares for you. He goes on to say, be alert and of sober mind, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you've suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. As we reflect on our current circumstances, we reflect on all that's going on. Remember, let's look up and see the God who has promised, the God who is in control, the God who is sovereign, the God who is at work. He's at work. He's at work in the midst of all of this. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. I'd issue a challenge as we come to look at how we respond. Do you love him? Do you know him today? 
You see, in the midst of these uncertain times, I can speak, and I know for many watching in today, we can speak of this wonderful truth. We have a hope that goes beyond. We have a hope that goes on into eternity because of Jesus. Do you know him today? Well, my plea, my encouragement, my exhortation to you is this. You can know him today. Come to him. Give your life to him. Repent and come to the God who is in control. No matter what circumstances are going on, no matter what life looks like, he is in control and he loves you and he cares. Cast all your burdens onto him because he cares for you. You can know him today. But how do we respond? Let's get back to Romans and chapter four. Abraham faced the facts, but he continued to believe God. And what do we see In chapter, in verse, in verse 20, he was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Take stock and look up. You see, as we face the facts of the time that we're living in, our circumstances, personal and corporate, let's lift our eyes, believing that we have a God who reigns, who is faithful. Let's be strengthened in our faith and let's give glory to him. Recognising he's at work. He's about a great work right now. He's at work. He's in control. He knows what he's doing. He knows what we need at the personal level, as a church, in the nation. He knows what our nation needs. And so in these coming, coming weeks, let's continue in this, being honest in crying out to God, not pretending all is well, But let's recognise that we're in a battle. Recognise that the enemy does want to get in and rob and destroy and devour. But that we have a God who's in control. You see, I've probably done a reasonable job, I think, of making you think that it's quite warm at the Jubilee Centre. I'm just in a t-shirt. But actually, it's pretty cold. I don't need to pretend I can clothe myself, put on some warm clothes. I want to come to read Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10 where Paul encourages us, put on the full armour of God. See, Jesus doesn't call us, God doesn't call us to pretend, to kind of be in this place of pretending, no, 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 everything's fine. I'm, I'm really warm. It's all fine. I, I, I don't need anything. I can do it myself. I'm, I'm, I'm fine like this. But no. Clothe yourself. Put on the full armour of God. Clothe yourself. Be filled with the Holy Spirit that we may stand firm, that we may carry on. That's what it says in Ephesians chapter 6. That wonderful uh, passage in Ephesians 6, starting at verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggles not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armour of God 
so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled round your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Let's put on the armour of God. Let's ask him. Let's come to him. Let's recognise our weakness. We're not pretending. No, I can do this. I can manage. Let's recognise our need of him. Ask him to fill us afresh with his spirit. We need him. And even in the midst of it all, let's, as Neil encouraged us a couple of weeks ago, let's learn to meet him in the place of mourning. Let's not despise the season that we're going through. Let's meet him. Let him encourage and change us and challenge us. But also let us be stirred that God is at work. He is working on us. He's calling us to wake up. He's working on our characters. He's working in all things for the good of those who love him. But he's calling us to believe him for more. Those verses that I was stirred by, seek first the kingdom of God. Jesus' declaration, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail. So as Ginny and others have reminded us over these past months, let's believe God for breakthrough. Let's believe God for the works of his kingdom to be coming. Let's seek first his kingdom. Let's seek first healing and salvation. Let's seek his kingdom going out amongst the nations. Let's lift our eyes from the limitations. Let's believe him that we would see the outworking of his kingdom in our communities, through our hubs, but also right here and right now. I want us to pray in a moment that God will fill us with his spirit, but that we will see healing and freedom and breakthrough, even right now, today, even as we take stock on everything that's going on and we look up and see the God who's in control. Remember Sarah's dream from a couple of weeks back, that sense of someone in a prison cell. Actually, if you look closely, the bars are cut. Let's step into the freedom that he has won for us. And let's see him do, come in expectancy and see what he will do, even amongst us right now. Amen. We'll pray in a moment.